Welcome to the Mindful Life Podcast. Join me, your host, Marianne Eve, mental health social worker and mindfulness educator, as I navigate living my best life with the intention to educate and raise the collective consciousness around the benefits of living a mindful life. Each week via the Mindful Life Podcast, I will bring to you a range of content, including special guests that explore mindfulness, mindset, and mental health. Are you feeling tired or are you under stress? Are you overloaded or just generally feeling overwhelmed? Well, I'm really excited to share a very special stress reduction tool that I've been using and recommending to my clients for a number of years. Calm is the number one app for meditation, relaxation and sleep. With over 21 million downloads and achieving the Apple App of the Year in 2017, Calm is so perfectly aligned with all that I do as a mental health professional and all that I teach here at the Mindful Life Podcast. It is the perfect stress relief strategy and the perfect mindfulness tool. The app has so many fantastic and easy to use features, including Daily Calm, a brand new 10 minute meditation every day, 100 plus guided meditations covering anxiety, focus, gratitude, and so much more. 80 plus sleep stories to settle the mind and relax the body. Exclusive music tracks for focus, relaxation, and sleep. Calm Masterclass featuring world-renowned mindfulness experts. My personal favorites include sleep stories, and I've recently discovered Calm Music, which I have on a continuous loop at my practice, in counseling sessions, and in classes. I also love the Calm Masterclass videos, which cover some fantastic topics, including gratitude, happiness, and mindful eating. And not to mention all the great features the app now offers for kids, including sleep stories, meditations, and lullabies. I'm so very excited to be partnering with Calm to bring you, my listeners, some amazing offers. Calm is so generously offering the Mindful Life podcast listeners a free four-week subscription to the Calm Premium app. All you need to do is head to the following link, calm.com forward slash calm health trial. That's calm.com forward slash calm health trial and just follow the prompts to enjoy your free four-week trial of calm premium you'll be feeling calm relaxed and at peace in no time the mindful life podcast acknowledges the Wurundjeri people who are the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast was recorded We recognise their continuing connection to land, water and community and pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Hello and thanks for joining me for episode number 30 of the Mindful Life podcast. In today's episode, I give a couple of updates around some exciting happenings in my world and I also share a little more of my journey, specifically exploring one of my big fears, my fear of public speaking. For so much of my life, I have tried so hard to avoid speaking in front of groups. Anytime I put myself out there, I was so afraid. I felt exposed and most of all, I feared judgment. 
but in recent times I've chosen to face this fear head on through my work with the help of my mindfulness practice and of course practicing what I preach I was determined to look this fear in the eye and let it go my steadfast desire to help others and spread my message and of course raise that collective consciousness became so much bigger and louder than my fear of public speaking. So it's again been a while between episodes. When I first started this podcast back in December 2018, I kind of hoped I'd be able to publish at least one episode a week. Unfortunately, life and work has gotten in the way so much throughout this year. Actually, not really in the way. I think it's just that I have lots of competing priorities and my work and life do take priority. I have got a bit of a stockpile of podcast topic ideas in my mental filing cabinet for upcoming podcast episodes. So hopefully I can get recording and publishing more again soon and more regularly. I do also have some exciting news. I've recently been announced as a finalist for the 2019 Social Worker of the Year. The winners in all categories will be announced at the Gala Awards Dinner the third week in September. So stay tuned for that one. I'm really just so honoured to be nominated along so many other wonderful, hardworking allied health professionals. Through the school holidays, I also woke up with an idea to begin running women's retreats. Now, the universe loves to do this to me, to send me these great ideas for new projects. My mind is constantly cooking up ideas. It's interesting, since starting my mindfulness journey, and that is leading a mindful life and letting go of my thinking mind, I'm far more creative. My mind is always swarming with ideas. Spiritual teacher Eckhart Tolle talks a lot about this idea that when we let go of dysfunctional thinking, when we let go of our thinking mind, it makes room for productivity. He says stillness is where creativity and solutions to problems are found. And this is exactly what I found. As soon as I began to let go of my thinking mind, that's when the creativity and the ideas began to flow. And they've really flowed endlessly ever since. But back to the women's retreat. So I've named uh, this new project the Divine Feminine uh, Retreat. So I'll be running retreats and workshops. So the first one will be uh, a spring retreat and it's going to be on the weekend of the 18th to the 20th of October in Seville, Victoria. It will involve a 15-hour course which will have a strong focus on mindfulness, letting go, self-compassion, acceptance, surrender, letting go of the pain body and releasing fears, limiting beliefs and letting go of old conditioning and much, much more. So please get in touch if you'd like to be part of this amazing weekend or if you'd just like some more information. Medicare rebates will also be available to assist with reducing the cost of the retreat as well. Okay, so enough news and updates. Today I thought I would share a little more about me and talk about my fear of public speaking. Yes, shock horror, I do have a fear of speaking in front of others. And it may be surprising to hear that someone who has a podcast and runs courses and workshops, uh, that standing in front of large groups and lecturing is a massive fear and something that I'm quite afraid of. 
It's of course nowhere near as acute as it used to be. I remember refusing to do oral presentations in high school and even at university, I would not turn up on the day of my presentations, hoping that that, uh, I'd be able to get out of it or the tutor would just forget. Or I'd try and do it one-on-one with a teacher. Even sitting here saying this stuff, uh, it takes me back to those days and I feel sick in my stomach just at the thought. It's funny, fear of public speaking is incredibly common. I remember an episode of Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld actually said, in America, public speaking is the number one fear of Americans and death is the number two fear. So he said people would rather die than have to speak at their own funeral. How ironic is that? So throughout most of my adult life, I did everything I could to avoid speaking in front of others. Even small groups terrified me. But the ridiculous thing is I'm actually an extrovert. Anyone who knows me would be shocked to hear that I find speaking to groups hard. I can be loud and I can be the life of the party. But throughout most of my life, if you put me up the front of a group, I would be a mess. So would I say I still have this fear? Yes, I think I do. But it's far more manageable now. Have I overcome it? Hmm, Well, actually, maybe overcome is the wrong word and probably too strong a word. This fear is now well managed. So how have I done it? How have I learnt to manage my fear of public speaking? Did I use particular strategies? Yes, I did. My mindfulness practice has been a massive help in assisting me to begin to manage this fear. When my business was at risk of closing down at the beginning of 2018 due to government funding cuts to mental health, I had to do something drastic. I knew that there was a gap in the market and a need for the provision of affordable and easy to understand CBT and mindfulness courses and workshops for both kids and adults. So I put on my thinking cap and I wrote some programs, not even thinking at that point that I'd have to uh, actually stand up and deliver these courses and programs. But it pretty soon became real. I'd have to face the fear if I was going to deliver the programs. When the programs were finally ready, I went through a mini internal crisis of sorts. Uh, Lots of self-doubts and self-judgments kicked in. I wasn't even in front of the class yet and I was trying to self-sabotage the work already. I was thinking things like, what if no one came? What if they came and they thought my courses sucked or that I sucked? What if I went blank in front of the class? What if they thought I was a fraud? Thankfully, my training and knowledge had my back. I was able to challenge these self-sabotaging and limiting beliefs. I gave myself numerous pep talks around having faith in my qualifications, my training and my experience. I also assured myself that the universe has my back. There's a reason I'm embarking on this work and that this work is important. It's early intervention and it's prevention. And I reminded myself that this was the direction that I did eventually want to head in. It was just happening sooner than I thought. I really wanted to begin working upstream rather than downstream cleaning up the mess. So slowly, slowly, my desire to help others and to spread my message became stronger and more powerful than my fear. I actually do love a challenge. If you tell me I can't do something, I'll start to plan ways to do it regardless. So this love of challenges uh, fed my goal and in a way my determin- fed my goal and in a way my determination starved my fear. 
So in the lead up to the very first course beginning, which was around 12 months ago, I was absolutely terrified. The limiting beliefs kept dancing around inside my mind. But as I said, I was able to manage them by telling them to stop and fighting back with positive self-talk. The night before the uh, first day of the first course I was about to deliver, I used visualization strategies, visualizing a calm, positive and relaxed environment with participants listening, contributing and enjoying and uh, getting lots from my course. So the day came, it was time to face the fear. Because as I say to my clients, the only way to overcome the fear is to face it head on and to feel it. So I did what a lot of people do when they are fearful. I faked it. So fake it till you make it. I pretended I felt confident. I was very prepared as I believe that is vital. I had all my notes and my PowerPoints and I knew my material back to front. This really helps build confidence. I got there early and I took it slow. I mentally set my intention for a calm, relaxed and positive session. I put my meditation music on and I also spent some time doing some mindful breathing to lower my rising adrenaline and to instill calm. I tried as much as possible to stay present in the moment, not worrying too much about what was to come. Yes, I know this is really hard. I deliberately released any thoughts that were not positive or not serving a positive purpose. I methodically set up the room. My courses are very relaxed, shoes off, yoga mats on the floor, tea to drink, oils burning. It really is a calm environment. So I think this really helps. When it comes to delivering the course, I encourage participants to arrive a little early so we can chat and make some tea. And I find I also use humor a lot. I think this happens naturally for me when I'm nervous, but I also deliberately use humor as it lightens the mood and puts everyone, including myself, at ease. Laughter is a great relaxant. So I survived that first class and it felt so good. My armpits were wet from nervous sweat. I was sitting there in a singlet. In fact, I do that all year round in my courses. I think nervousness heats my core temperature up. I felt incredibly accomplished after delivering my first course. I got great feedback and participants began to spread the word, which led to more referrals. I quickly learned that teaching felt amazing. It was invigorating and enriching. And I personally gained so much from it too, in terms of my own mental health and my own self-care. So now, 10 courses down and over 100 hours of kids' mindfulness taught. It's really funny, in regards to kids' mindfulness, the kids' program has never evoked the same levels of anxiety as teaching the adults. So, have I become desensitised? Do I still get anxious? I would say yes, particularly the first session of a new course commencing. But in my mind, I normalise this. I embrace it and I sit with it. I breathe and I tell myself, I've got this. I relish in the process of setting up my room, laying out the mats, setting up uh, the tea and the materials, lighting candles, choosing music. It's almost ceremonial. I remind myself that what I'm doing is a privilege. I'm so fortunate to be given this opportunity. I've now put over 60 people through my adults course and 55 children through my kids program. This work is bigger and more important than any fear. Ultimately, when we fear putting ourselves before others, what is it that we are fearing? For me and for lots of people, I think it's the fear of judgment. We don't want to be judged or scrutinized. 
Mindfulness has taught me that if people are judging, and to be honest, they usually aren't judging anyway, that fear is often just in our heads. But if they are judging, we need to remember that this is often their own stuff coming out, their own insecurities. Often people are projecting their own fears. And to be honest, for every one person who judges, there are likely to be 10 who are embracing what you have to offer. If we feel the pressure of judgment, real or imagined, we can reassure ourselves and reduce our fear of judgment by being prepared and knowing our stuff. So I guess I must have somewhat conquered the fear. Well, at the very least, now it's manageable. So I then went on to fulfill a long-term dream of starting a podcast. And yes, I know I'm speaking now into an empty room and I truly don't like to think of the fact that my podcast episode gets between 60 to 100 listens per published episode. Now, thinking about that uh, triggers some anxiety, but I guess I just try not to think about it. I reframe it. I'm helping lots of those listeners. And again, I trust that the universe has sent me on the podcasting journey as I have knowledge and a message to share. And I think that the awareness that my podcast raises is really important. So I'm now two and a half thousand downloads in. So yep, just like delivering my courses, my desire to help others through my podcast is stronger than any fear or any doubt that I have. So I thought I'd finish this episode with 12 tips to manage public speaking anxiety. I did have a lovely neat 10 tips, but then I thought of a couple of extra ones that I didn't want to leave out. I have covered most of these um, within this podcast episode, but it's just a nice little summary. So number one, preparation is key. Know your topic and your audience. Number two, use visualization strategies in the lead up and particularly the night before your presentation. Visualize success and only positive outcomes. This is vital. Remove any negative outcome thoughts from your mind. Number three, acceptance. Accept that it is normal to be nervous. Appreciate that most people get nervous before a talk or a presentation. If we accept how we feel, this reduces the inner turmoil and can actually reduce our anxiety. Number four, set your intention. Maybe on the drive over or as soon as you arrive in the room, figure out what it is you want to achieve and set a strong intention to do this. Number five, try and get there early. Have a warm, comforting drink. Get comfortable with the environment and have a friendly chat with your audience prior. Number six, breathe. Conscious, mindful breathing will lower cortisol and adrenaline levels. These can get elevated when we are nervous. Focusing on our breath will help promote calm. Number seven, engage in positive self-talk. Give yourself a little pep talk. I am capable. I am strong. I've got this. Number eight, use humor. Everyone loves a laugh and making a joke shows you are human and actually gives the impression that you are relaxed and enjoying what you are doing. Number nine, use props. PowerPoint slides, tools or objects Give participants a handout um, or a notebook or a handbook to take some focus off yourself. Number 10, encourage group participation. Handing over to the audience keeps things interesting. And again, this takes some of the pressure off you, the presenter. Number 11, have faith in yourself. You are invited to do this talk. 
or people are coming to see you because you have something of value to offer. Number 12. And lastly, place your trust in your higher power. For me, it's the universe. Trust that the universe has your back and everything happens for a reason. We are sent on a path in a certain direction to learn and to grow, except that all will turn out as it's meant to. So thanks for stopping by to listen to today's episode on fear of public speaking and more specifically my personal experience in facing my fear of talking in front of groups and how I've learnt to manage this fear. I hope that in this episode I've illustrated that even if facing your fears is scary, it's an opportunity to extend yourself and to grow. And often when we move outside our comfort zone, new and exciting opportunities can present themselves. I actually had an experience today that was a perfect example of this. I was at the printers getting handbooks printed off for the next week's mindfulness courses and a staff member asked if I would be interested in providing a mindfulness workshop to staff at that business. I felt absolutely terrified at the thought but I silently thanked the universe for providing yet another opportunity to spread the mindfulness word. The universe sure does work in mysterious and awesome ways. So if you've learned something today from uh, this episode or found it helpful, please feel free to share. You never know, it just might help or even enlighten someone else. And if you are listening via a podcast that allows you to leave a review, please consider leaving a few kind and encouraging words and hitting those stars. And until next time, may you have peace in your thoughts and your hearts and share it with others. If for any reason you have found the content of today's podcast triggering or distressing in any way, please consider accessing some professional support. Australian mental health telephone support numbers are listed in the show notes. You've been listening to the Mindful Life podcast with your host, Marianne Eve, mental health social worker and mindfulness educator. If you'd like further information or you'd like to connect, feel free to make contact via Facebook or Instagram under the handle Mindful Life Podcast or via email mindfullifepodcast at gmail.com.